Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome to Discovery Land. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. At the far end of Wilderness Road stands Fort Wilderness, the outpost of civilization. The time is the War of 1812. The United States flag has only 15 stars. Within the gates there is a canteen and trading post stocked with pelts, guns, knives, and Indian craft. In the regimental headquarters, Davy Crockett and George Russell, U.S. Army Scouts, can be seen reporting to Major General Andrew Jackson during the Cherokee Indian Campaign. From the parapets and blockhouses can be seen the vast untamed American wilderness, the deer, moose, bear, and wildlife of the primitive forest. Beyond the stockade are teepees, hostile Indians on the warpath. A settler's cabin burns in the distance, mute evidence of a treacherous attack. If you were to read a Disneyland brochure in 1956, this is how Fort Wilderness would be described. In the 1950s, westerns were huge box office draws. Films like Hondo, 310 to Yuma, Gunfight at the OK Corral, and Rio Bravo all made their mark on 1950s cinema. On television, Disney's Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier became a cultural phenomenon. And so it only made sense that Walt Disney would establish Frontierland as a place where the young and the young at heart could experience the wildness of the frontier within his park. On opening day, July 17, 1955, Walt Disney gave the following dedication speech in Frontierland. Frontierland, it is here that we experience the story of our country's past. The color, romance, and drama of frontier America as it developed from wilderness trails to roads, riverboats, railroads, and civilization. A tribute to the faith, courage, and ingenuity of our hardy pioneers who blazed the trails and made this progress possible. When Disneyland opened, Frontierland was one of the original lands in Walt Disney's park. Main Street USA, Adventureland, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland rounded out the rest. And in a way, each of these lands relied upon each other to create an entire experience. When you first enter into the tunnel below the Disneyland Railroad, you are greeted with a plaque that reads, Here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. Walt's goal was to create a theme park that was rooted in all of the things that idealized his vision of America and perhaps the world. Main Street USA was a tribute to his hometown of Marceline, Missouri at the turn of the century. Adventureland captured the spirit of an expedition into the hidden wonders of the world. Fantasyland celebrated the spirit of fantasy, 
with most of the attractions being based on the Disney animated features. Tomorrowland aimed to give us the glorious promise of tomorrow, and Frontierland was a salute to America's past, focusing on the plight of the 1800 settlers who pioneered their way through America's wilderness. While excitement ran high for each and every one of these lands, Frontierland was perhaps one of the most exciting new lands given the sensation of Crockett mania. On opening day, Frontierland featured very few attractions. In fact, the only true rides at that point were the Mark Twain Riverboat, the Stagecoach, and the Mule Pack. Besides taking the Mark Twain on a journey around the rivers of America, cozying up in a stagecoach for a brisk ride, or saddling up on a mule, guests could catch a showing of the Golden Horseshoe Review or take a gander around the Davy Crockett Frontier Museum, featuring an exhibit of props from the television show and a model of the Alamo. But it would not be long before Frontierland would become one of the busiest sections of the park. Within a few years, Frontierland would also feature the sailing ship Columbia, the Conestoga wagons, the Mike Fink keel boats, the Indian war canoes, the Rainbow Caverns mine train, and by way of the Tom Sawyer Island raft, Fort Wilderness. In 1956, Tom Sawyer Island opened in Frontierland. It featured one attraction, a wooden stockade that served as an active military outpost known as Fort Wilderness. After boarding a Tom Sawyer Island raft near the Chicken Plantation restaurant, adventurous guests could travel across the rivers of America and arrive on the island. In 1957, a series of adventures were added to further enhance the interactivity of the island. Upon disembarking, you could visit the fishing pier, the old mill, the pontoon and suspension bridges, Tom and Huck's treehouse, Injun Joe's cave, Castle Rock Ridge, and Fort Wilderness. The centerpiece of Tom Sawyer Island, Fort Wilderness sat towards the back of the island like a grand final destination to be reached while exploring the island. When you followed the island's pathways and arrived at the fort, you were greeted by a towering structure assembled out of real wooden logs. It featured parapets on either side of its main entrance, flagging the ajar center gate that welcomed you in. Above the gate was a sign with the painted-on letters bearing the fort's name. As you made your way in, you found that this was not simply a facade, but a little community offering shelter from the elements and protection from marauding Indians. In fact, keen observers would have noticed on their way in, at least in the early days of the fort, a few arrows that had been launched into the perimeter of the fort. But once you were inside the fort, you were safe. At least until you left again. Upon entering the fort, visitors would see several points of interest that they could interact with. The complex was comprised of a series of wooden structures, many of which were adorned with decorative antlers. In the center of the yard, or small plaza, was a well and a flagpole bearing an American flag. Around the plaza were unique structures that helped tell the story of Fort Wilderness. There was the canteen and trading post. This was a gift shop where you could stock up on toy guns, coonskin caps, and other assorted merchandise to facilitate your time on Tom Sawyer Island. There was the regimental headquarters in which Major General Andrew Jackson was based. 
If you walked up to the headquarters, you could peer in and spot General Jackson at his desk working away. To his right, at least in the early days, were George Russell and even Davy Crockett himself keeping the Major General apprised of the going-ons of the fort. Then there were the parapets and blockhouses. By walking up the stairs, guests of Fort Wilderness could experience a vantage point that offered a scenic view of the frontier, all from the safety of the fort's parapets. There was the rifle roost. It was there that visitors who wanted to volunteer to keep the fort safe could step up and man toy guns placed along a wall on the upper story of the fort. At the back of the fort was an exit door that was sometimes open and sometimes closed. But for the more adventurous, or perhaps for those trying to flee an Indian attack, there was a secret passageway. The secret escape tunnel, which was labeled as such via a sign above it, led fleeing visitors out of the fort and through a winding tunnel that emerged at another point on Tom Sawyer Island. On the outer perimeter of the fort was a trail. It led to a small graveyard behind the fort, and beyond, a settler's cabin could be seen on fire. A likely casualty of the dangers of the wild frontier, of course. And further beyond, teepees could be glimpsed on the other side of the river. Thematically, Tom Sawyer Island and Fort Wilderness were some of the most visually intriguing and interactive elements in all of Disneyland. For years, Fort Wilderness was a beacon for exploring pioneers on Tom Sawyer Island, and each of these years seemed to come and go without incident. But in the waning years of the fort, the upkeep and maintenance were not appropriately attended to. After all, this was a wooden structure made from timber that had been standing out in the sun for decades. And as any Californian knows, wood is a magnet for termites. The decline of the fort led to parts of it being shuttered, such as the canteen and trading post, which stood shuttered for years. Then, in 2001, an accident occurred. A young girl was playing in the rifle roost. With her finger caught on a trigger of one of the toy guns, she slipped, losing most of her finger in the process. It was this incident that, at least in part, served as a wake-up call to Disney. Fort Wilderness could no longer be ignored, and as a response to the negative publicity that came along with the incident, as well as the lawsuit that followed it, the rifle roost was closed off to guests. Then, just two years later, after an intense refurbishment of Tom Sawyer Island, Fort Wilderness was closed permanently. Guests who took the trails to the fort found that its gates were closed. The fort would never welcome another guest into its walls. Instead, the fort became a staging area for nighttime spectacular Phantasmic. In 2007, while the island was being reworked into Pirate's Lair, Fort Wilderness had reached the end of the trail. That May, it was completely demolished. In its place rose a replica of Fort Wilderness. But this replica featured a more modern reconstruction. Two-by-fours replaced the stockade logs of the past. Where the original fort relied on its elaborateness to sell its authenticity, the replica relied on concrete and shortcuts. While the sign hanging above the gate read Fort Wilderness, this was nothing like the actual fort that stood in its place for over 50 years. In fact, once again, Fort Wilderness was a staging area for Fantasmic. 
It was not an attraction like its previous incarnation, and the most it had to offer guests were its restrooms, which were built into its outer walls. If you visit Tomsara Island today, you can still join many of its interactive elements or take in the serenity of the island. If you ride the Mark Twain or the sailing ship Columbia, you can glimpse the new Fort Wilderness as you cruise the rivers of America. Perhaps a half-baked reconstruction of Frontierland's grand military outpost is better than nothing. But for those who are lucky enough to experience it in its heyday, Fort Wilderness is far more than a wooden perimeter and a name. If you would like to experience Fort Wilderness today, the closest you can get is by visiting Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. There, you can visit Tom Sawyer Island in Frontierland and travel the path to Fort Langhorne. Constructed in a similar spirit to Fort Wilderness, albeit with fiberglass instead of actual wood, stands a military outpost stockade that captures a very similar spirit to Disneyland's old fort. It features a blacksmith shop and even a rifle roost. For many years, there was even a secret escape tunnel, which was boarded off in 2013. Even so, Fort Langhorne remains the spiritual successor of Fort Wilderness. you are pioneering out on Tom Sawyer Island and you make your way up to a large stockade building, give a salute to George Russell, Davy Crockett, and Andrew Jackson. Hold a thought for the many adventures that were once had by thousands, if not millions of children within its walls. And remember what once was the crown jewel of Tom Sawyer Island, Fort Wilderness. Disneyland is an incredible place, and around every corner, whether you realize it or not, is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope that you have enjoyed this trip into Discoveryland. Be sure to tune in next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Discoveryland Show and on Twitter at DiscoverylandVC. Until next time, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.